0: This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal, and I'm Jess Nam. And this is Jamal Dejani. Jamal, I, you know how I hate to say I told you so, but I'm going to say it anyways, I told you so. And part of the title of our show today is Follow the Money. And if you remember when we had our Arab Talk predictions for 2018, one of my predictions was that Jared Kushner would be indicted this year. Well, since our last show, there has been significant mounting evidence that Jared Kushner is in the crosshairs of the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller. And of course, there's a few other tidbits. His security clearance has been downgraded from top secret to secret. By the way, the White House calligrapher has a higher security clearance than Jared Kushner, so that gives you an idea of how far he has fallen. But more importantly, and this is really what what I really want to put on the table for us to discuss, is that it seems like uh, Jared Kushner is using the White House as his personal ATM machine insofar as that he invites people to come to the White House to take a meeting offers them positions or some kind of connection. And then very soon thereafter, money seems to fall from the skies into the Kushner family business. And since Jared has been in the White House, the Kushner family businesses have been rewarded with over $500 million in loans. It's I don't even know what to say anymore, Jamal. The level of uh, ethical moral and probably legal breaches that have been going on with Kushner in the White House seem to be remarkable at this time. Well, Jess,
1: in a way, I didn't want to come today to talk about Jared Kushner, <laughs> but he makes it easier for us every single time that we cannot afford to not talk about not it. to talk about it. I think the American taxpayer cannot afford not to learn about all these things that are happening in the White House. But more importantly, I think now the story is bigger than Jared Kushner. Just. I think you're right. It uh, it's bigger. it's it's getting bigger because and, and boy, people are going to discover this and they are going to be shocked, totally shocked. It's no longer about just only Jared Kushner. There is a meltdown. I'm talking. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear you heard it here first. There is a meltdown at the White House. I think that's right. And at the top of this meltdown is, of course, the son-in-law and the daughter. And that's the nepotism aspect. But then yesterday, Donald Trump soothing communications guru (laughs) left. (laughs) Suddenly, submitted her resignation. Right. You know, his attorney general has turned openly defiant. Right. You know, because Trump has been criticizing him left and right. That's right. And of course, going back to Jared Kushner, you know, his son-in-law and senior advisor. And this is very important to think about the senior advisor advisor at part, but also he is in charge of the entire Middle East portfolio. Well, of course. He's in charge of the entire Middle East portfolio.
0: And in charge of the Mexico, Central, South, yeah, America and, portfolio. And, and,
1: and he was stripped of his security clearance at the behest of the chief of staff, at, uh, at, at the behest of Trump's chief of staff. So that's why I'm talking about there is a meltdown. Yes. And of course, we know a couple of weeks ago or so, Rob Porter. This is uh, the staff secretary who departed after being accused of domestic abuse allegations by two of his ex wives. Right? That's right. And what most people don't know that also Porter is the boyfriend or the lover or whatever you want to call it of the communications director that just resigned.
0: I think meltdown is a good word. So,
1: so, so it is a meltdown, and the White House. You, you, what did you say? You said it's an ATM machine. ATM
0: machine for the Kushner family and I for the say, Trump family. I say
1: it's a mom and pop store. This is <laughs> this is the mentality. Jared Kushner actually meets with people to inside the White House to ask them to loan him money. So he's using. Did you say loan or launder? Well. <laughs> I, I don't want to use that word until you, you, you're you probably going to be on the money, to to use this pun. Yeah. But for the time being, we know for a
0: fact that he has been meeting with lenders. And promising jobs. Inside the White House. What the heck is this? It's, it's, it's a mom and pop store. It's a private ATM machine. It is the definition of an ethical... Uh, if not legal, breach of trust and duty and responsibility. This is why we have nepotism or anti-nepotism rules for why you shouldn't bring family members into high positions. I mean, there's so many things wrong with this story, Jamal, in terms of its its, uh, negative influence on the United States, foreign policy, the legal... uh, the legal obligations that people have when they serve this country, and then Donald Trump has the audacity to say, "But Jared Kushner doesn't take a salary." And I, every time he says that, I, I just, I want to pull my hair out because it's so ridiculous. Why would he accept a hundred twenty thousand dollar salary from the United States when he's getting five hundred million dollars in loans to a Kushner company? from the meetings that he takes in the White House promising positions to people, that it is a gross breach of trust uh, of the American people. But I will say, Jamal, I think you're right on this thing about the White House meltdown because it is a meltdown. It is it, Jar- Jar- in tot-
1: total chaos. It's a meltdown. Right. The, the director of communications has resigned. Everybody's resigned. Kushner is, has been downgraded. Uh, maybe they have butlers working in the White House no, I told you who the, have more security clearance no, than Jared Kushner. The, the
0: White House calligrapher, Jamal has a higher security clearance than Jared Kushner. The thing is, Jared Kushner is still the small fish in the bigger Russia investigation because it really does look like that, you know, you have uh, Robert Mueller putting the squeeze on Paul Manafort. It looks like the next big squeeze that he's going to go after. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right on this, that Uh, Jared Kushner will have indictments for for all sorts of things. And then that's just a half a step away from the president of the United States. He is
1: a half a step away from the president of the United States. But I don't like to use the word. He's the small fish because he's a one point two billion dollar fish in debt. That's a big debt. That's fish. a big fish. <laughs> one point two billion dollars. Last week we said one billion. It's one point two. But it's it's the figure is now more accurate. It's uh, one point two billion dollars. and and when uh, as Trump was running and and as as he was ca- campaigning and they were wheeling and dealing, Jared K- Kushner was busy trying to find wealthy investors. Dubai into his Manhattan commercial building owned by his family's company and which is now is down in the red again. 1.2 one point one This is this is the this is basically the entire budget for certain countries. <laughs> you know, one point two billion dollars per year. He was busy. And this is what we knew. This is what we knew that he had meetings. You know, even during the inauguration period, that he had meetings with Chinese investors and Chinese insurance companies and Russian bankers, as well as he made overtures to Qatar, to, to certain people in Qatar and Qatari sources. They are all now coming under the scrutiny, and we're we're getting all these. I mean, I think maybe. The one thing you are absolutely right about this is the tip of the iceberg. I wouldn't call it a small fish, but, but it could it is the be tip. the tip of the iceberg. So, so Kushner's of course divested his interest in the 666 5th Avenue. This is a very prestigious N- No, I wa-
0: I want to be a little more careful about. That. He hasn't divested from his ownership. He's only divested from the day-to-day operations. Yes, tomorrow.
1: within the family. That's he, did, he didn't let me finish the oh, sentence. Okay. So basically he shifted the responsibility with his, I don't know, cousins or relatives, others, other Kushner's, but this still the same story. That's and The right. same issue uh, issue remain on the table. That's right. Which is he is one point two billion dollar in debt. He had he he was actively soliciting funds from foreign countries in his role as senior advisor. And the big story is that he was meeting with some of those inve- so-called investors or bankers or lenders, any in which way you want to call it,
0: inside the White House. Saudi- I want to I wanna add another kind of thing that's interesting with this, Jamal. Let me ask you a question. This $1.2 billion in debt, indebtedness to the 666 Fifth Avenue Kushner property, do you know when that note is due? When? It's due in April. It's due. Prob- well, he better hustle. Well, this is, this is where I'm saying, Jamal, that, you know, one of the reasons, and we're, which is another part of the story which we should talk about, is that one of the reasons he didn't, it's speculated, I should say. I want to be careful about this. One of the speculations about why he hasn't received his security clearance is because he is susceptible to being manipulated and uh, because of his financial debt, that he can be played, in other words, uh, because of the amount of debt. That note is due probably within 30 to 60 days from now, but we also have breaking news from this week that the NSA received intercepts from overhearing communications in four countries who were planning to manipulate Jared Kushner because of his susceptibility to debt. You know, the United Arab Emirates was scheming about how they could manipulate Jared Kushner. Uh, China was another country. But guess what the third country was, Jamal? Mexico and Israel? Yes. (laughs) The Israelis, who have already benefited enormously from Jared's uh, brilliant uh, international, uh, opinions about peace in, in Palestine. He, he was instrumental in getting the U S embassy to move from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He was instrumental in getting more settlements, uh, uh, built. He's instrumental in basically selling out Palestine and Palestinians. He's, he's given Bibi Netanyahu and Israel and everything. And yet the Israeli government was scheming additional ways to manipulate Jared to their benefit.
1: Well, let me repeat this because it's too much to digest. There is a debt aspect $1.2 billion. It's due soon and it is due soon. Jared Kushner has been meeting with lenders inside the the White House and getting money. He's running it like a, a mom and pop store, right. you know, to find money there. And Jared Kushner has been unable to obtain a permanent security clearance. And he is a senior advisor to the president of the United States. He is in charge of the Middle East portfolio and amongst uh, also in charge of discussions with Mexico. And that's in part because he arranged meetings with officials from foreign countries. In an unorthodox way. By the way, this is how well, yeah, it he, has been dis- he, uh, described.
0: He, that, that's one way, but he just bypassed everybody. So,
1: so the what the intelligence, I guess the NSA would be the main agency. Yeah, you have to coordinate with them, right? So the ma- yeah, but they they are the ones who intercepted. That's right. Basically, these communications from these f- four countries: the UAE, Mexico. China and Israel, and they've intercepted communications discussing manipulating President Trump's son-in-law, of course, through his business interests, troubled finances, and they say inexperience in foreign affairs. Well, that this seems is the to kind of it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we haven't seen the, the full report coming from the NSA, but those were the trigger words why he's on basically why he hasn't obtained security clearance but, for the past 13 months.
0: And this is why I believe he's in the crosshairs, because these are laws that were broken. And when you break the law, you know, you're 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 going to have consequences in such a high, uh, you know, high visibility, you know, position, Jamal. But you know, just pushing it even further, let's look at how successful Jared Kushner has uh, been.
1: I'll, I'll tell you how unsuccessful because let's look uh, at Mexi- not how successful but because let's,
0: let's look at Mexico.
1: Well, for one let's thing, look I just at wa- the Middle East. I know, but for one thing I want to mention, but I'm, I'm also going to take you back to how unsuccessful financially he is. And and people don't maybe realize that this is one of the uh the alarm bells right for any security clearance, clearance right. is being in debt is being in debt.
0: Absolutely, because you in can a, be in manipulated a Very
1: high proportion along with other issues like, you know, having uh, an affair, a secret affair and whatever, but being in debt. And that's why it's very important to look at his so called real estate imp- empire, which he ran until 2016, by the way. So during the two thousand uh, during the two thousand eight financial crisis, he plunged his company or their firm into debt for the skyscraper that he bought for a record setting of one point eight billion dollars. This was pretty much the biggest sale of the year for a property in Manhattan. Unbelievable to see almost very shortly afterwards a drop in the real estate prices because we're talking about 2008. So if people remember what happened during that period in 2008 and where you know, when he bought it, he had a 1.2 billion dollar loan due. Right. In 2019, so right. the family with uh, I don't know what's the interest but it's good to look at the interest rate for that loan because interest wasn't uh, low at the, at that at that point. So the family was desperately trying to drum up foreign investment in the property and uh, but its occupancy actively, rate
0: was never that high.
1: Well, well, it doesn't matter the building owed more debt than its value at that point. That's right. So they were running in in the negative. That's right. So 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 this is where the alarm bells started to kind of ring. And the alarm bells they started to ring just you know uh, you know for these security agencies when he started having all these private meetings and not telling anybody his about uh, his, his meeting with the chairman of uh, Anbang, a Chinese financial giant, uh, with with close government ties. It might as well be a government entity. I mean, this is this is how uh, you know how much uh, how much uh, foreign intervention it had this uh, this uh, uh, company. Then he was uh, basically he he was trying to get money from them in 2016 uh, in vain. He didn't succeed. He was trying to to get money for for them just to pay off the negative.
0: That's right. The interest,
1: the interest on Just what the owes, So they don't foreclose. That's right on his property, right? Then you're talking about the five hundred actually five hundred million dollars. He also spent two years trying to seal a five hundred million dollar deal with a former Qatari prime minister. This Oops. is the five hundred million dollars. He was trying to basically get a deal from him with talks basically falling through just la- this mar- last March that's 2017.
0: Right. That's right.
1: Then his sister, Nicole Mayer, that's her name, she was discovered pitching a oh, development vi- in New Jersey to Chinese investors for the visa. by advertising her ties to her brother. you know, my brother's in the White House, he's the son-in-law of the president. This is what she was saying, right? You know, so I mean, these are people who wouldn't give her the time of day. And but then they'll hear oh, you know, my my brother is the senior advisor to the president. And by the way, he is his son in law. <laughs> so this is all documented. There is a whole transcript. Just you can read about
0: this. Well, the other thing that you left out that I was kind of surprised about Jamal is that all of the meetings that he took with the Russian oligarchs and and Russian bankers trying to secure loans from the Russians. So basically, what what, uh, Jared Kushner has been doing, Jamal, has been desperately, for the last few years, desperately seeking to find money in Russia, in China, and the Middle East to fund his failing uh, business interests of the Kushner companies. And it appears that in the next 30 to 60 days, Jamal, that the chickens are going to come home to roost. And by the way, this is also this debt, this, th- th- this, th- this is also due.
1: this also. I mean, this is also on a, on, the, on the international level when, you know, when you talk about, for example, the corruption that we have in the White House. And 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 by the way, uh, the uh, uh Hamad bin Salman was supposed to be here this week. They postponed his trip. I think they pushed it a week or so. Right, but because there's, part, there's more bad news coming. He's that's part, well, he's part of the, this triangle. He is. I mean, using this whole power. And that's why Trump went running quickly to where did he go first? He Saudi went Arabia. To Saudi Arabia. But, you know, people keep hearing about, you know, how great Trump was and how did he manage to secure the billions of dollars But no one is talking about what private deals did they
0: strike when they went there. And did Jared strike?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and this is part of this whole global, not only triangle, but I think, you know, you know, when you talk about what other deals that uh, have been struck with the Russians, with the Chinese and so forth. And that's why at least you have these different security agencies. They're looking at this. Well, I
0: think you're right, Jamal. No, and I think thing right. and saying, no way, we can't trust this guy. I think you're you're absolutely right about that. And just just to dig a little bit deeper into this, Jamal, you know, when you are in the executive branch like this, and you want to take a meeting with an international uh, leader from another country or region, you actually have to get it cleared through the National Security Council, the NSC. It has to be cleared by the security services. One of the things that Robert Mueller appears to be very interested in and is infuriating, you know, the security officials in, in Washington is Jared Kushner had these secret meetings with high-level Russian, Chinese, and other foreign officials from the Middle East and didn't tell anybody about it. And he's the doorkeeper. Uh, He's acting like, you know, he's the doorkeeper to the president. And then when he put on his security clearance that he he had to revise his security clearance application four times. He because he lied on on the three other times. He lied and most likely. And you know, we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, maybe he's just not that bright Maybe he didn't understand the question that says, list all of your foreign contacts. It's a very complex question. Maybe he didn't understand it. He left off hundreds of foreign contacts, Jamal. And he's been running the White House as mom and pop store, private ATM, whatever. But he's having secret meetings with the hat of a senior advisor helping out his business. I think, Jamal, this indictment.
1: Any other person would have been indicted. No, you and go to maybe, jail. Maybe he maybe he, maybe don't he, pass. He, go. Exactly. Maybe in jail now. But he's the son in law of the president. He's a senior advisor. Also, the president's daughter, you know, <laughs> she also has a role right in this whole thing. She's also an advisor. And Everybody else is running. Them. They're running the White House. Like I said, this is their own business. But they're not
0: just running the White House. Jamal. I want to just go back to this thing. What a disaster the Middle East portfolio has become because of Jared Kushner and what a disaster the portfolio with Mexico has become. The, because of Jared, the relations with Mexico have been at the worst and lowest they've been in years. The Mexican uh, president, uh, you know, was supposed to come this week and take a visit to the United States, canceled. This is because of Jared Kushner. Middle East peace—this awesome thing that Jared was supposed to bring to the table has taken 20 steps backwards. So, Bobby, he advised uh,
1: the president to recognize Jerusalem as the capital. And what a
0: great political stunt that was! And
1: on that topic, because I want a little bit—even though it's connected—shift gears. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Yeah, because there are a lot of things for us to cover. And the other big story, you know, of course, we've talked about the uh, sad events that happened in Florida and the massacre in the high school and the role of the NRA. And you know, at least you know some glimmer of hope for the very first time we're seeing. I, I'm not hopeful. We're seeing a group of young high school kids force the NRA, you know, put its backs to the wall basically. We'll see. Okay. And what's going on now in Washington? In three days, we have the premier Israeli lobby group, APAC, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. This is the largest lobby group, just like the NRA. Right. It is just like the NRA. just like the NRA. Yes, NRA. they will be meeting three days from now from today in Washington, D.C. And so I've been looking. I've actually followed them on Twitter. I, I and, don't I and why I look, would you why would and you I look at their announcements why would you follow them on Twitter? Well I wanna keep up with the news. You want me to talk intelligently <laughs> about them right here in the show. So every day they've been making announcements. What's the latest? It's kind of like their teas, right? Yeah. And their warm-up. So every single day they will say, you know, Marco Rubio will be speaking at APAC on such a such a date on, on this time. Senator Feinstein will be speaking at AIPAC on this hour and so forth. So the list of who's who. And, and this is this is, you know, when we saw when the entire world now witnessed a young man challenge Marco Rubio, whether he was going to keep accepting money from the NRA and Marco Rubio. He couldn't say the word. No, that's correct. Right? He just like start beating around the bush and making excuses. Well, he's lining up. I call them the brown nosers.
0: Well, that's a polite way of saying they
1: it. are all lining up to the conference of APEC, including just yes, a lot and lot of liberal Democrats. Well, we're so, w- so let's so, go through that list. So so when so when you talk when you talk about, you know, people like, oh, you know, the, now the Democrats are the good guys. No. They are now uh, they want no. gun control. It's they all wanna, BS. They wanna, you know, change our laws and and uh, automatic and semi automatic weapons. And maybe some of them are refusing to accept money from the NRA.
0: The liberal democrats are lining up to get money from APAC. So let me just say, Jamal, taking a dollar from the NRA is like taking a dollar from APAC. Taking a dollar from APAC is like taking money from the NRA. Full stop. I mean, in terms of its negative impact of lobbying interests, in terms of its negative impact on U.S. strategic, domestic, and international uh, interests both of these lobby groups have undermined the very fabric of our democracy if you are refusing money from the NRA you should be refusing money from APAC full sun. you know what i find ironic jamal this whole you know boycott the NRA whenever someone says boycott APAC they want to threaten you with lawsuits i just think the hypocrisy involved in the selective use of boycotts to serve the political interests of of whoever's using that term is outrageous. By the way, you're listening to KPOO in San Francisco. We're at 89.5 FM. This is Arab talk with Jess and Jamal. You can listen to us. Av- obviously, you know, the old fashioned way at 89.5. You can listen to us streaming at KPOO.com. And we're broadcasting live on Facebook Live right now at and, Jamal and, Dijani, and, too. And through our website, ArabTalkRadio.com, Arab talk we,
1: we post all the shows if you miss any of our so, shows. So,
0: Jamal, just so that we could be fair, we, we are so critical of the Republicans for all the obvious reasons. Let's talk about the Democrats who are falling all over themselves to go to AIPAC. And APAC as I said, if you're, it's like taking money from the NRA. So who among the Democrats are ready to grease the skids, grease their paws, get money and say awesome things about APAC? Well, I don't want to shock you, but I don't think you'll be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> two third, two
1: third of both, both houses, two thirds, two thirds of the current members of Congress receive money from APAC. two thirds, <laughs> two thirds. Unbelievable. Two thirds. They receive. Of course, you have you have a membership almost like the platinum gold, silver, whatever there are the top recipients who are the top. And there are there is a, a, a you know, a major list uh, for the for this. You know, you can uh, look actually at. Uh, the uh, I guess it has to be public record. We don't have the two si- uh, two thousand seventeen, but you have two thousand fifteen and two thousand sixteen. But for example, among the confirmed speakers uh, that you have, twenty five of ho- of them received in two thousand sixteen uh, an average of. A minimum, not an average, of thirty-six thousand dollars per recipient. So a total of nine hundred and eight thousand dollars, so a million dollars. Wow! From each of those speakers, uh, uh, you know. Of course, then when you look at uh, the uh, big guns, you know. uh, Well, Marco Rubio. We're talking about Marco
0: Rubio. He's among the biggest recipients. And Marco Rubio, he receives one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars from APAC. So Marco Rubio and is one of the biggest recipients from APAC and the NRA and the NRA. Oh, yeah, he's what huge. a huge good, good so, guy. So they've been
1: featuring. they have been talking talking about him, you know, and of course, APAC itself, you know, does not and I'm putting between court uh, make political compri- contributions itself and is in fact legally be legally Prohibited from doing so, instead it uses its considerable resources—three million dollars in annual lobbying budget—to wow. link current and aspiring members of Congress with pro-Israel donors. So, in other words, they are the go-in-between. They're
0: facilitators.
1: They're the facilitators, you know. So, so, uh, so people line up, like as I said, to go and. And, and speak there, even though they've been hammered. Many of those people either they've been hammered for receiving money from the NRA or or in the case of liberals who said they don't get money from the NRA or they're against the NRA. Both sides of the aisle, they're lining up to speak at Apex at Apex conference in order to keep those checks coming, coming. to them.
0: Well, you know, Jamal, this is why you and I have said that, you know, every single political issue in this country, uh, divides people or divides Republicans and Democrats kind of is divisive between one side and the other. This is the reason why APAC is so dangerous to our democracy, Jamal, because it's an equal opportunity, um, pimp, if you will, because it will give money to control any politician, Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever. This is what makes it so dangerous that the strategic interests of this country can be bought and sold for $36,000 coming from AIPAC. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat, doesn't matter if you're Republican, independent, whatever. APAC will give you money as long as you serve the strategic interests of a foreign country. Well, of Israel, well, and not of the United States. And let
1: me just give you to, uh, to illustrate how such contributions influence uh, legislative action. So let's take an example like take two pro Israel bills introduced on February of last year or actually the year before one in the House and one in the Senate. Jess, both with the title and this is uh, you know bringing combating bds act of 2016 and this is what they're trying to implement right, uh, in 2017 2018 the bills hr 4514 introduced by Illinois uh, congressman bob dold and he has 22 co-sponsors for this bill of those 23 members 12 received 216 pro-israel lobby contributions, averaging more than $30,000.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and uh, then they have the bill s 2531 introduced by Senator Mark Kirk of Illinois has 17 co-sponsors of the 18 co-sponsors 15 received an average of $60,000 unbelievable from pro-israel. Israel donors. Okay. Donors.
0: So, when are people going to wake up to this, Jamal, that you basically have a subversion of our democratic principles? Like, You know, what this BDS bill is, as you and I have been talking about on this show, is an attempt to criminalize free speech, is an attempt to criminalize people's right in this country to be able to advocate on whatever their political beliefs are. Follow the money. Follow
1: the money. That's the title of the show. You're listening to Arab talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. We also welcome our viewers on Facebook Live. And, you know, talking about the money again, several of those members of Congress who co-sponsored these bills, uh, you know, in in 2016, they received substantial gift money, not to mention all the junket, the trips, the tours, the whining, dining and and etc. But uh, if you go guys to our our listeners to maplight.org, there is a table and it's called maplight.org. There's a table that shows uh, among House bill sponsors, for example, Bob Dold, uh, who received the uh, one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars for the two thousand sixteen year Kathleen Rice, forty nine K, Jackie Walorski forty six K, Doug Lambert, thirty seven K, Trent Franks, nineteen K, Steve Stivers, nine K. And then in the Senate, you have Job Mankin uh, received 122k, Orrin Hatch 92k, wow. Ben Carden 241 thousand dollars, wow. and Dean Heller 71 thousand dollars. So in sum, all of the Senate co-sponsors and all but three of the of the House co-sponsors are pro-Israel lobby recipients.
0: Well, you know, this is what we're trying to say is that um, the this particular lobby group, and this is why we make the connection with the nRA is causing damage to to our democracy and I think we said this last time, Jamal. I mean, why is an APAC registered as a foreign agent? I mean, they are lobbying i mean you know the nRA for all of its, like, grotesque politics that have, has inflicted so much harm on this country, they at least are sticking with domestic issues because, you know, in their misguided view of the world, you know, they're, they're serving gun manufacturers in this country and so on and so forth. But here you have a lobbying group, Jamal, that is serving the interests of another country. And they're lining up and they're lining up to take money like it's falling from the tree. And why are they not being forced to sign up as, a foreign, as foreign agents, not as a, not as a lobby group? They're not, they're not a lobby group in the traditional sense, Jamal. They are advocates for a foreign entity, and they should be treated as such.
1: Well, you know, uh, of course, many people will be losing their paycheck. <laughs> that's and, right. and that's why, I mean, this is part of the corruption that we have in, in, in Washington, D.C. This is part what Trump campaigned on saying, uh, you know, drain the swamp and the swamp. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper. But
0: the APAC swamp, and Jamal, the APAC swamp. Is full of Democrats and Republicans, and that tells you how insidious and how damaging it can be to our democracy. That the money—I mean, again, there's no there's no distinction between Democrat and Republican. What other issue in the American uh, electorate right now, 2018, does not have a division between Democrats and Republicans, Jamal? And the fact that APAC is an equal opportunity—excuse my language—pimp in that they are willing to buy the, you know, uh, the uh, uh, they are willing to buy the favors of Democrats and Republicans should be very, very concerning to every single American. You're
1: absolutely right. And we have a meltdown at the White House.
0: We have a meltdown in Washington, D.C. We have
1: a meltdown right in Washington, D.C. I think the next few days maybe weeks at the most, something is going to give.
0: Can I make a prediction? Yes. I have a small prediction and a larger prediction, but I'll start with the small prediction. Despite all of the exuberance and excitement about legislation around these automatic uh, weapons of mass destruction, these AR-15s, you know, we've talked about the really basic common sense things that people can do, you know, outlaw weapons of mass destruction, making sure that everybody gets a background check, not selling weapons to people who are felons, whatever. I have a sad prediction, Jamal, that nothing will get done. I hope you're wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong, too. But I have the the I have a sneaking suspicion that none of these congressmen or senators will have the strength to do anything against the air.
1: You're probably right, uh, but I hope that you are wrong.
0: I hope I'm wrong.
1: And so since you are in the prediction mood, (laughs) let's and we've made this prediction. We've been talking until our voice went hoarse. Yes. About Jared Kushner,
0: I think he's gone. That's and my big people prediction. Thought,
1: people thought that we are uh, crazy, cons- crazy, or cons- conspiracy theorists when we were saying this guy is not clean.
0: He's not clean.
1: You ha- there are a lot of issues with him, and now you hear stories, little stories here and there, and you know you have someone in in the senior advisor. advisor right there in the White House who no longer. Has access to highly classified information. You know, I don't know. I think the president. I don't know. I don't know how you know uh, dysfunctional is this to be in in such an important role that his staff have higher security security clearance clearance than than
0: he he does. So my second prediction.
1: That's why I said, what, what What do you think about how long? Well, Janet Kushner, I don't will think, last in the white.
0: House? I don't think he's going to last much longer. But my prediction, and this is both true for Kushner and for Trump, is that the big story here, Jamal, is going to be money laundering.
1: Now, that's that's now that's a different prediction because it's no longer about security clearance. It's really about jail time.
0: It's about jail time. I think the big story here is that Trump and his uh, coterie never expected that they would win. And so, in the lead up to the election and after they got the nomination, they used that um, prominence to try to leverage it to get more money. And that the real story here. Jamal, is money laundering of large sums of money from Russian oligarchs. We're going to find out that not only Jared Kushner and the Kushner companies took dirty money and tried to launder it, but I ultimately think that when it comes down to Trump and everything that has happened since, you know, uh, Trump was did the Miss America contest in 2013 in Moscow. We're going to find that the real story here, Jamal, is how Trump and Trump associates and the Trump companies, including his sons, have laundered millions and millions of dollars. That's my prediction.
1: I, well, people are starting now to make comparisons and talks about the Nixon administration. Oh, this
0: is nothing. Co- I and mean, the what Nixon brought administ- down
1: the Nixon administration? I mean, we are. Are we seeing this now?
0: Well, I think you know it's it's ironic that you're bringing that up because if you remember with the Nixon administration and Watergate, the what brought down President uh, Nixon was just the lying part of it. And I just want to remind you of what Hope Hicks said uh, a couple of days ago when she was testifying in front of the uh, the committees, uh, uh, the House Committee on uh, Intelligence. She said, and I quote, maybe paraphrase, part of my job white lies was to in working for president trump was to make white lies to give white lies (laughs) we'll have news for hope hicks (laughs) when it comes to lying to a special prosecutor like robert Mueller and the fbi they don't they are colorblind they don't see the difference between a white lie a brown lie or a red lie.
1: White lies no more in the White House.
0: <laughs> right. She resigned. Yeah, well I'm I'm just saying, Jamal, that legally uh, I think does... she resigned
1: also because
0: of her interview. Yeah. White lies. the
1: with FBI. The inter-
0: yeah. White lies are still lies and white lies are lies that are illegal. We know that the lies that have been cut co- I mean, when the press officer admits that they're lying. How can anybody in this country trust anything that comes from the White House?
1: Well, it's uh, really a disgrace that you have someone in the White House with the role in the administration, which includes a mandate to negotiate on behalf of the United States on the world stage, including the task of brokering peace in the Middle (laughs) East. And we laugh about this. And discussing the terms of trade deals with Mexico.
0: Both of which are a complete disaster right now.
1: Can't get a security clearance. Right. Because he's being investigated and by, because of his business dealings. His business failures, really. And business failures. And over the past year, Kushner had submitted updates to his financial uh, disclosure forms. He kept just changing them. Every time they catch him uh, just with one White lie or big lie? Those are not white lies. He said, "Oh, I forgot something. I'll resubmit the form." And he resubmitted the form, and then they, "Oh, by the way, this is uh, false." He asks again, "Can I resubmit the form?" So he kept resubmitting these forms for an entire year, thirteen months, right? And of course, uh, you know which uh, these disclosure disclosures he failed to document his business ties. And now we know that officials in China, Israel, Mexico, and the United Arab Emirates have privately talked about ways to manipulate Kushner through his business, or his, through his I ha- complex I, I have bre- business arrangements.
0: I have breaking news for all it's those. It's disgraceful. It is. I have breaking news for them, Jamal. It doesn't take much to manipulate him. It really doesn't. I mean what is truly outrageous about so much of this is how easily manipulable Jared Kushner is. I mean he is so desperate to av- to avoid this note coming due and not being able to pay it off he's willing to sell the white house uh, and the interests of this country down the river for this uh, office building on Fifth Avenue. So I think the day of reckoning, cause the note is due, Jamal. And you know, the Russian oligarchs, when, when a note is due, they want their money. That's like <laughs> the mafia, man.
1: That's like the mafia, they want their money. Oh,
0: I, they're not gonna extend this. They want their money.
1: And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, follow the money. Well, that's the we title of our show. The, the, we have a meltdown at the White House. The uh, communication director is leaving. The, there's a problem with the attorney general between our president and the attorney, the attorney general. general. Yes, the son-in-law and senior advisor was stripped of his security clearance at the behest of
0: the chief of staff and the flies keep falling. I think so. You know, we only have a few minutes, Jamal. I wanna give our listeners just a little update from Palestine. I have been in communication with um some folks on the ground in the West Bank and in the village of Nabi Salah, which is the area where Ahed Tamimi's family lives, we're getting reports that there have been Israeli defense force raids with active tear gas on a daily basis in that village with multiple arrests, including family members of Ahed Tamimi, and um, basically closures and night raids that are occurring on a nightly basis. So we see that the attacks on the Tamimi family and the village around the Tamimi family are being accelerated. Um, Ahed Tamimi is still uh, sequestered in uh, in in detention, indefinite detention. We can't even not, we can't even say she's in jail. She's indefinitely detained. There's a blackout. The media are not allowed to see what's happening with the case. Nothing's going to happen for another thirty days, but the Israeli defenses are uh, defense forces, and the military are trying to get the Tamimi family and village to experience the brutality of occupation times ten
1: and i have news for you what? that next week you are going to be talking about a report that you worked on right uh, basically looking, uh, at look, look, looking, looking at tear gas exposure looking uh, at tear gas explosion and and, and now uh, it has been adopted i think by the un this, or they're looking at it
0: well we've submitted it to the united nations right um, this is part of the human rights center uh, at uh, uc berkeley where was the group that uh, basically authorized, not commissioned because they didn't pay for it, but basically authorized uh, and are supporting our efforts to do this study. We'll be talking about it next week. We'll try to get it out so people can actually read it online. It's it's basically to, to kind of uh, give you a little tease here about it, that uh, it appears that uh, tear gas can be used as a weapon of... Uh, mass destruction.
1: You are absolutely right. So we are coming to an end to our show. You've been listening to Arab Talk Radio on KPOO 89.5 FM, San Francisco.
0: We'll see you next week. Send us your comments to Arab Talk at KPOO.com. Check us out on our website, ArabTalkRadio.com. And uh, if you want to listen to the show or send it to some, somebody, we podcast to SoundCloud. We'll see you next week. <music>